1: The horn. Watch this. Anything is possible going into the final week of the NFL season. Win and you're the two seed. Lose, you could be out. Pressure's on the Bills. Also, expectation on the Cowboys. The most dangerous must winner of the rest of the schedule. And the chance this could be the last game ever for Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. All with this panel. Let's go around the horn. Sorry, shaking her head. <laughs> we say happy new year or is it already too late in the year for you guys? Happy New Year. Let's live I don't a little. That Larry. Bills at Dolphins for the AFC East, as you know. It's, the drama here is multiverse. Winner gets the division and the two seed. The loser gets the six or seven. Buffalo hasn't even clinched yet. They, they could miss the playoffs entirely with a loss. They'll know at game time because that comes down to Pittsburgh Saturday. Dealers beat Baltimore and the Jags early Sunday if Jacksonville beats the Titans. So if that happens, things could be sweaty for Buffalo Sunday night. Miami could win and then have to play the Bills again next week. Or with a loss, Miami would have to go to KC in round one. Kevin Clark around the horn to you. Who is in better position to win Sunday night, Buffalo or Miami?
2: It's the Buffalo Bills. The second most important thing in football is talent. The first most important thing is health. Earlier this season, I thought that the Buffalo Bills were really hurt because Matt Milano, who was a Dolphin stopper, was out for the year. I thought that all of a sudden the Dolphins had an edge in this matchup going forward. Over the last month, Bradley Chubb and Jaleb Phillips, who are on a pass rush uh, on a a per-snap basis, the most efficient pass rushers on the team are out. Mm. Xavier Howard is not playing on Mm. Sunday. Uh, Jalen Waddell is banged up. Mostert is banged up. At some point, the axis tilts the other way. The Buffalo Bills have the advantage in this matchup.
1: Mina Kime, same question to you. Who's in better position to win, Buffalo or Miami?
3: I agree with Kevin. It's Buffalo for similar reasons. And I think the timing of the injuries really matter. For the Bills, to lose key players, Matt Milano, Tre'Davious White, earlier in the season, they had time to work in their replacements. Their young linebackers have gotten better. You saw that on display versus Dallas, by the way. All the disguise in the back end mm-hmm. on the secondary was because they had an opportunity to play together. Whereas in Miami, very complicated Vic Fangio defense, you lose players. That's how you get coverage busts like we saw versus Baltimore. Now, typically against the Bills, job number one is stopping Stephon Diggs, and the Dolphins still have Jalen Ramsey. That's great. He can shut down Diggs. The problem for Miami is this version of the Buffalo offense can also attack you a bunch of other ways with their tight ends, throwing to James Cook. The Dolphins allow the second most yards per play on passes to running Mm. backs in the NFL. I just think they have too much firepower and they're playing too well, or the offense has an opportunity to play really well against a defense that's up against it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's two now for Buffalo. On the road in Miami, and once again, Bills have not clinched the playoff spot. It could be sweaty for them Sunday night, Emily Kaplan. Who's in better position to win?
0: Uh, allow me to be redundant. I'm bullish on the Bills for a couple of reasons. Josh Allen typically plays very well against them. Tua, unfortunately, has not good numbers against the Bills in six career games, just five touchdowns, five interceptions. Mm-hmm. You know, we keep talking about Mike McDaniel being the most emotionally in-tune coach in the league, but the fact that he left Bradley chubb in that game that was meaningless minutes last week to lose him for the season even he admitted that was not a good decision and i know they finally beat a team with a playoff record that's going to the playoffs but still they've lost four of those games this season by an average of 20 points i just don't feel great about the dolphins in this one ah, so
1: you were redundant and you said the same thing that everyone else said uh, and you've got buffalo now to david dennis jr is this a sweep for the bills
4: I'm going to be redundant and repeat what everybody else is Thank saying and be redundant and repeating yeah. what everybody <laughs> else is saying. Uh, you know, we can talk about the injuries with Miami, which is a huge deal, but even without the injuries, it's the way that they have not shown up against these great teams throughout this season. They've had five of those chances, Cowboys, Eagles, Bills, Chiefs Ravens one and four in those games being outscored by 84 total points in those games mm. duds all across <sighs> the board. And then of course there was the Josh Allen of this all nine and two against this Miami squad. 36 touchdowns, I just don't see it for Miami against this Bills team who is cruising like I recognize
1: right everybody loves Bills. The peripherals are off the chart, even though they're not yet in the playoffs. I was prepared to have a conversation. Wow, could the Bills miss it? No one thinks that's possible. For Miami, Kevin Clark, real quick then. I mean, they're in a position here where now they could have been the one seed two weeks ago, and now everyone thinks they're going to KC. That's where Miami is? They're near dunzo in your mind? Life changes
2: very quickly in the NFL. I mean, Health is a huge determining factor. They'll have enough to be able to go on yeah. the road and win a playoff game with Tua, with Tyreek Hill. I still trust that offense. Michael McDaniel is one of the best offensive minds of the last but decade. But this week it's football, a no-go. Right okay. now the Bills have the advantage. You
1: said health is more important than talent. Health is the number one thing in the NFL. How about just good looking good? How about that? Looking good. <laughs> it's better to look good than to feel Vibes. good. We'll move on. NFC East. Dallas is at Washington. Philly is at New York. Both go off simultaneously. Late afternoon slot Sunday. So they'll find out together. Dallas has the tiebreaker. Philly's been all out of sorts. Can they get right? Mina, around the horns you. Is this open and shut for the Cowboys? And the question for Philly, think- should they play this with the idea of getting healthy or getting right?
3: Yeah, those two things are obviously related. I I do think Dallas handles business with ease. Um, This Washington defense is arguably the worst in the NFL, worst pass defense by a lot of metrics. So all those concerns about Dallas running the ball don't really matter in this game. Um, For Philadelphia, of course, the timing of it all does make it tricky because I tend to believe it's better to rest your starters. Momentum doesn't matter so much as avoiding what Emily just described with Bradley Chubb being in meaningless minutes in for Miami there. However, uh, for Philadelphia, you do have to obviously keep an eye on what's going on the, sec- the the seating matters so much because you do want to avoid San Francisco and if that opportunity is even on the table, you have to play for it until at the last minute you know All
1: right, so you're Nick Sirianni. you got one eye on the field and one eye on a TV screen somewhere or at least your phone seeing what the cowboys are doing David Dennis Jr. how about you?
4: Let's not forget last season the Cowboys put up a dud mm-hmm. against the Commanders mm-hmm. last game, mm-hmm. lost twenty-six to six. Uh, that's not happening on Sunday. The Cowboys are going to blow <laughs> okay, this game. Especially, for that. <laughs> against, especially against the Commanders team that is incentivized to lose. They want better draft picks. They might even rest some of their veterans. They're losing yeah. this game. If I'm both these teams, I want to be right in the middle ground here. You want to have a 24 to zero or 21 point lead by halftime, then you can think about starting some people and, and try to be healthy. But seal up these wins first. That's most important. KC, how teams. will the NFC East be won?
2: Yeah, I agree. You keep one eye on the Dallas game. Make sure that you're not playing for something that's unexpected. But however, I'm worried about this Eagles team going into the playoffs severely. You can lose games. That's fine. You can't lose your identity. They used to do the little things really well. They don't do those things over the past month. They had 70 sacks last year. That was historic. They have 41 this year. Derek Burnett, who they let go in the middle of the season, would be their best pass rusher the way he's playing in Houston right now. This is a team without an identity, and that's the bigger problem. They got bullied last week by The Arizona freaking Cardinals. That's a problem. They got nothing in January.
1: Wow. Emily Kaplan, now to you. The the, the department of redundancy department. Is it also Dallas for you (laughs) when the Eagles are in trouble?
0: Let me try to be as redundant as possible. I'd also enjoy resting your starters if you have an identity, but imagine just the bad juju that Philadelphia has right now. They don't know who they are. They switched defensive coordinators in the middle of the season and it's somehow the defensive unit gets even murkier. They're now questioning the offensive play calls at the end of last game, which was an inexplicable loss to the Arizona Cardinals. And then you have the wide receiver drama, right? We're probably not going to have Devonta Smith. A.J. Brown is maybe in beefing with a coaching staff, but he's saying he's not. They've got to get on the field to figure it out, but if you have no identity now you're probably not gonna have in the playoffs either
1: i'll tell you what the identity is now you guys agree with everything maybe somebody can make a stand <laughs> just make the argument for something else in the next topic aft south it's wide open in week 18 jags gotta feel good they have the tiebreaker and destiny in their control but Trevor Lawrence is looking like a game-time decision versus Tennessee. Texans and Colts, wildcard is sitting there for them if they don't get the division. Pittsburgh, also in the greater wild card conversation, they need help, but they get the benefit of playing backups for Baltimore in what's going to be a very back-uppy week in the NFL this year. As you keep that in mind as you suss out scenarios, David, last AFC spots, who's in, who's out, who's dangerous?
4: In terms of the team that's dangerous and who is also in, it's got to be the Texans. Ryan's is putting together, uh, you know, a coach of the year candidate type of year. And C.J. Stroud is terrifying. He's going to have 4,000 yards by the end of the season. It would have had the most ever for a rookie quarterback if he hadn't missed a couple of those games. When I'm looking at Stroud and what he could do in the playoffs, I'm thinking about Kaepernick's debut in the playoffs. I'm thinking about Vick's debut in the playoffs. Shocking teams. That is somebody in a squad that you do not want to face in the playoffs. And
1: McClark, AFC, who's in, who's out, who's dangerous.
2: I think Jacksonville loses to Tennessee. Tennessee is an annoying team to play against. Mm. Mike Vrabel said, "All right, here we go." He does not want to lose in Week 18. On the other side, with Houston, C.J. Stroud's a franchise-changing quarterback. Franchise-changing quarterbacks don't wait for things to come to them. He is third in the NFL in yards per attempt this year. Not for rookies, for everybody. He slings the ball down the field. He's very good. I think this Houston team accelerated the timeline. They're here longer, uh, earlier than anybody expected. They make
1: the playoffs. They win the division mm-hmm. and then that would mean you have well Pittsburgh's got Baltimore you have the mm-hmm. Steelers you're wearing the terrible towel is draped over you you're ensconced in the yellow of the Steelers right now sounds like you've got Pittsburgh Casey
2: I mean Pittsburgh gets luck of the draw playing against backups in Baltimore that's great that's just how this goes you get in positions to have the privilege of playing a team like that that doesn't want to play their starters in week 18 yes the way the way it's all coming
1: together Pittsburgh. Emily makes. Kaplan to you and the AFC
0: Yeah, congenial Emily Kaplan coming in for more agreement just to troll you and support my brilliant panelists. Uh, CJ Stroud threw like nearly 500 yards in his seventh game. Do we not want to see this guy in the playoffs? They're in and they are dangerous. Plus, they're going to match up very well against this Colts team. Their strengths are their weaknesses. And I like the defensive line of the Texans. I think that they can make some noise when healthy. And Mina Kimes.
3: I don't want but DJ Stroud is the best quarterback right now of the teams that you mentioned. And, yes, I say that he's playing better than Trevor Lawrence at the moment. Unlike Kevin, I actually do think the Jags win against the Titans, although I do think it'll be ugly. But uh, I'm going to go with Stroud. And, and I will, I'll also echo something Emily said. I really like this pass rush, the four-man rush, Will Anderson Jr., um, you know, coming back to the playoffs, it, it, they look really strong to me.
1: One more horn. Let's go around it. NFC. There's the South, where Tampa sits right now, in good position. Saints and Falcons. We need Bucks lose to Carolina, and one of Green Bay, Seattle, mini, or those Southerners is getting in. Green Bay was in this spot last year, with Handel uh, on destiny and dropped the ball. This time they get Chicago in the Justin Fields referendum bowl. Emily, who's in, who's out is dangerous. Bucks are
0: out in by default because what are the Panthers playing for right now with a lame duck coach, mm-hmm. a bad mm-hmm. quarterback? They already lost a drop position. And I think that the Green Bay Packers are out because the uh, Bears are playing for a lot. They're
1: going to be spoilers. The vibes are really good in Clark, be quick. Report. That horde's coming.
2: Yeah, it's Tampa Bay. Um, they're, they're, Baker Mayfield is a top-ten quarterback by every metric. He saved his career. The next stop if he failed here was podcasting. He really thrived. You okay. cannot <laughs> lose.
5: <laughs> at- <laughs>
1: That's getting you on mute. You don't even get to pick a wild-card team. David Dennis Jr.,
4: uh, Bucks are in, and they will be the only team in the NFC South that starts next season with the same coach they started this season. Amina Khan.
3: Bucks and the Packers. Jordan loves playing out of his mind right now. Take a break. You guys got
1: through it just in time. Buy or sell next with the night in the NBA.
5: What's up, kiddos? I'm Clinton Yates of Around the Horn. Whenever I go to cover games or attend events in Los Angeles, I'm always keeping my eye out for the best-dressed person in the room. I saw Diego Luna at the Andor Red Carpet launch event, Star Wars, folks, and he looked head of state fresh. Now you can also be that person, too, whether you're sitting courtside, attending a fancy dinner, or going to a wedding. With a fully custom suit from Indochino, you'll walk into wedding season looking like a million bucks for way, way less. They start at just $4.99. With Indochino, you can design the suit of your dreams and fine-tune every detail, including lapels, linings, monograms, pocket flaps, etc. A tailored fit from home. Set up your measurement profile on Indochino's website and choose customizations without even leaving the house. Look your best this wedding season at the table or on the dance floor when you wear Indochino. Go to Indochino.com today and use code HORN to get 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Promo code HORN.
2: Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Chase.
5: Jokic has it. takes. Got to put one up. Jokic for the win.
1: It's good! Just awesome. Golden State looked like they had it. We're in control in the fourth quarter. But then Jokic hits that shot. David,
4: what was that? What we saw was the definition of life comes at you fast. This is the type of game that the Warriors used to do to other teams when they were in their championship run. Now the Nuggets have done the same. Three and a half, bad. Um, lazy quarters, and then a 25 to 4 run to demoralize a team that thought that they had them beat. As for the Warriors, this is the fifth 18th blown 18-point or better blown lead this season already. They have to fix that something, right. wow. and that's what Kerr and him figuring out what to do with these young players going Kevin forward.
1: Kevin Clark.
4: This is the side quest era
2: of Jokic's career. Um, we're looking at him becoming <laughs> Steph Curry on Steph Curry's court. That's not something he used to be able to do. It is hard in January to get a highlight reel play that goes on your elevator pitch Instagram reel when you retire. He just did it, this was phenomenal.
1: Emily Kaplan.
0: This dude is the biggest freak in the game, and I say that in the most flattering way. He has missed five shots in the last four games. Just think about that. And there's always so many complaints. He doesn't love the game. He's not really in it.
1: Personally, I think that's a little
0: xenophobia of not appreciating his culture. How much emotion did he show afterwards? That's amazing.
1: Right. I loved it. Yeah, right. That's what it was. It's like, oh, he won a championship. He just wants to get back and play with his horses. Look at his face there. Would you? I mean, he's, he's loving every himself. second of it. I agree with you. Em. And Mina Kimes, what was last night?
3: It seems to me he's someone who loves the sport and maybe not the other things that go along with it which is a wonderful thing to have in a superstar. I think what struck me the most watching this finish is how unsurprised I was by two things. One the fact that Jokic is capable of doing this not surprised delighted but not surprised and then which uh, the thing that david alluded to which is a total meltdown on the part of the warriors again not surprising this team does that now it is part of their identity which is shocking of course given that we're only a couple years removed from them winning it all
1: when mayama onto the couple last night that was a back and forth throughout milwaukee needed 44 and 14 from Giannis just to get the win over San Antonio. But how about Wemenyama's highlight reel? Yes, uh, it was behind the back. There was a self lob. There was a the hammer dunk. There, there was a block late in the game. Emily, what was the best play from Wemenyama?
0: behind the back dunk and it's not particularly close to me. Just that ball control for someone of his size is incredible. He gets hammered at the end. You know, a couple weeks ago he we met with Connor Bedard of the Blackhawks, two phenoms. They remind me so much of each other. Individual teenagers yeah. coming in with this insane talent we've never seen. Unfortunately, their teams are much worse than expected, so all we can expect these next few years is just these wow, eye-popping moments. Reason enough to tune in.
3: Mini-cons. Yeah, two aliens uh, just battling until the end. Incredible. I'm going to go with the the other alien, Giannis, um, scoring more points in clutch time than the entire Spurs team, the second most of his career. Just an outstanding performance from him, but of course, uh, almost as outstanding from Wendy.
1: David
4: Dennis Jr. Yeah, if you show this video to, like, in a time machine to people in the 80s, you would think that, like, people from (laughs) outer space were playing a different sport. This does not even look like the basketball we grew up with. We could talk about the block and the dunks. There was one player where Wimby's running on a back screen and makes Giannis fall because he's just that quick. This was unbelievable basketball. And, by the way, the third-best player on the court can launch three-pointers from 40 feet away. This was, like, an entirely different thing, and this is what the future of basketball looks like. Kevin Clark. The time travelers would also be confused by the rest of Wemby's teammates because
2: they're not very good. But Wemby by himself, the (laughs) the behind-the-back thing with a Lopez brother down there, I mean, like, if he's able to do this constantly and consistently, like, it's kind of over in a couple years because how do you stop that? That's unbelievable athleticism, unbelievable ball control in NBA traffic. That was just something that I think suggests uh, obviously big things coming forward, but sooner than we think, maybe.
1: I'm still trying to get my head around Wemayama and Conor Bedard, the same people. <laughs> yeah. A little
2: different
0: size.
1: <laughs> Thanks for stopping by today, Emily Kaplan, David Dennis Jr. I agree. Boy. Mina Kimes. Oh, it's Evan on. Clark. It's on. A rivalry in Showdown. Oh,
4: wow. 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 Everyone's going to be
1: there.
5: But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
1: Vita Kimes, Kevin Clark. Good luck in showdown. Jets at Patriots Sunday. It's a game that only matters for draft spots. But there's also the not-so-secret secret secret that this could be Bill Belichick's last Patriots game ever. As these things go, gradually, then suddenly, Mina, what percentage chance is Sunday versus the Jets, Belichick's last game for New England?
3: I'm going with 75%. I think, ideally, you would keep Bill as the coach, get him to seed roster control, which is where he's aired the most. But... I don't think that's a possibility. If it is a possibility, great, but it seems to me that Belichick is likely to leave and get wins elsewhere.
1: Mm, so he would coach somewhere it's else. Seventy. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's 76%.
2: Tony Reale, I'm going to go 1% higher than Mina Kimes. Here's plenty. the deal. The fact they're still playing ha- hard, the fact they still have good schemes, that's an indictment of the roster that Bill Belichick has built. As the guy who's able to buy the groceries as they say he has failed, it's time for him to go somewhere
1: else. So you both believe he'll be coaching somewhere else and c- somewhere next season? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm a sucker for The Price is Right. Boy, Kevin Clark we will move on. NFL Week 18, could it be Russell Wilson's last game for the Denver Broncos? Could it be Justin Fields' last game for the Chicago Bears? Let's focus on Fields. Same question, Kevin. What is the percentage chance that this is Fields' last game as a Bear? 50%,
2: 50%, but I don't know if upgrading is the right term with Caleb Williams in the draft, because geography is destiny for NFL quarterbacks, okay? And the infrastructure is more important than the actual prospects. So even if they try to roll it over with Caleb Williams, I'm not sure that's going to help. This is a Bears problem. The biggest problem I think the Bears have is you already fleeced the most desperate team in football last year with the Panthers. Who's going to pay that huge ransom for the first overall pick this time? I think it's 50-50. Complete, 50-50,
1: complete he says. Oh, boy. Uh, Push add me to Kives. You you know, this
3: it's a pretty clear 51 percent, in my opinion.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, no. Say no more. Uh, it's what
3: I would do, frankly, because uh, as much as I think Justin Fields play has improved, the opportunity to reset your window with a quarterback on a rookie contract is just too appealing.
1: Mm. Hmm. Showdown three Robin Lopez jersey swap. All right, we've seen this, but have you ever seen it with a mascot before? And have you ever seen it with a mascot? Given the history Robin Lopez has with mascots. This was many, many years ago with the San Antonio Uh, Coyote. There there have been other mascots, uh, history of violence of mascots with Robin Lopez. So, Mina, is this one exchange of jersey enough for the beef between Lopez and mascot to be squashed?
3: It shouldn't be, because the only person who dislikes that mascot more than Lopez is me. Every time that coyote appears on screen with its weird eyes, I am so disturbed by its presence. It is my least favorite mascot in professional Debra sports. a
1: Clark?
2: Mascot beefs are... Back. They should be back. They should be the most important thing. They should be in every single game. This this getting squashed is bad. We need more rivalries in
1: the NBA. I agree with you there, but it's going not going enough to get bad. you the win. And if you're swapping with the mascot, you should get the mascot ahead. Rita Khan, be quick. FaceTime.
3: Maybe he should eat it like Pop-Tart. Uh, I don't try to get worked up too much about Pro Bowl snobs, but I'm going to get worked up about one. Antoine Winfield Jr., Buck safety, should be a Pro Bowler. He's been playing out of his mind. I guess nobody watches the NFC South, which... I guess it's uh, kind of
1: a uh, Kimes over Clark! The rivalry! We'll see